Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's so great to be here with you guys. Um, thanks for having us. My, my job is to introduce us. <laughs> um, so we are Tom and Sydney Caswell, and we've been in the Worcester Church for, as was that, uh, 16 years. In March, it was 16 years, and it is the longest we've been anywhere. I mean, it's the longest I've been anywhere except my home that I grew up in, right? And then when I graduated high school, so... It is amazing to be able to be in one place. And when we moved to Worcester 16 years ago, uh, the thing that I kept repeating to people is, you know, the boundary lines have fallen for us in Pleasant Place. Because we really loved being able to be in Worcester. I mean, we didn't even know where New England was on the map. But to be able to move there and just be in a small church with a great, just a great group of wonderful people, you Mm. know, was uh, definitely what we needed for our faith, so super encouraging, and we still love being there. So um, we've been married almost 29 years. We have two boys, uh, Wyatt, who just got married last year. He's married to Zoe Yaniscus, if anybody knows them, but uh, they're out in the Pioneer Valley Church. And um, Jesse, he's 23, and he's in the Worcester Church with us. And... um, uh, so again, we you know we're in Worcester. The church is about 200 people. We really love it, and it's we call it the center of the universe. You know, everybody knows where Boston is. It's kind of like mm-hmm. around the country, nobody knows where Worcester is. But we're like, we are the center of the state. <coughs> we're the center of the universe. We're always trying to get people to come to us, and it is more of your blue collar town compared to Boston. So it's just. Great-hearted, hard-working people who love God and want to honor God, and they definitely have our hearts. So, um, previously, we were in Ohio for 10 years. Uh, we led the church in Cincinnati, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, and before that, we were in the ministry in Chicago and Minneapolis for him and Indianapolis for me. So, I'm a Purdue grad. So that's kind of where our, you know, spiritual roots are and our first ministry roots, really, before coming out to, to New England. But um, we love what we do because we get to have relationships with people. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is hard to move through the years. It's hard. And what, but what you realize is, ah, but I still have relationships with people, mm-hmm. those people that really... You know, just to mm-hmm. become your heart, you still get to be in touch with them. You still get to have a relationship with them. And then we moved to a new place where it's like, well, I couldn't imagine life without meeting you mm-hmm. now. So thank God that he brought me here, you know. Right. So that really is, for me, that's what I love about the ministry. Um, and, again, just uh, the people we see in the Worcester Church, I, I picture that they're, they're really people like you. Uh, you have a, a great thing here. It really is a special group of people, and I hope you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being in a small church, sometimes big churches, you know, they got lots of singers, they got lots of instruments, maybe they got more money, but they don't have the intimacy that you mm-hmm. get to have. And that's really special. That's where we, that's where we thrive mm-hmm. and really love. So, um, so I just. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for letting us be here. Thanks for letting us share today. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I want to start with her. I want to start with her.
that's the better half. So, you know, it starts here, then we'll go downhill from here. Uh, but let me just say also, it's great to be together with you guys and to be up here and uh, to the Leaps. Thank you so much just for opening up your home to us. Uh, they, they think it's just for a weekend. We're saying a month. Uh, right, right. Um, you know, but also, Pat, thank you for a communion lesson this morning. It's great just to be reminded, isn't it? And just to be brought back. And, and that's like as he was talking about, boy, just thinking about my baptism 33 years ago now. It's like, wow, it seems like it was last weekend. I could put myself right back there in yeah. Minneapolis, or it could be, it seems like, a lifetime and a half ago. And mm. so uh, I appreciate that reminder and that God is God is the one who says, I want you to just get grounded. Mm. Think about this just yeah. for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And remember what price I paid for you to, to have mm-hmm. this relationship with mm-hmm. me. So I appreciate so much uh, that, that reminder and that uh, mm-hmm. reflection time. Um, so I took a picture of us, and if I was savvy, which I'm not, but if I was, I would say, you know what, I'm going to put that on the Worcester Facebook page right now, so that everybody in the world would see, anybody who cares, would see, oh, the Caswells are in Burlington, Vermont. We'll do that later. Okay. She's she's savvy, I'm not. So, uh, you know, uh, we would, we, we could... Any point in time, you know, you could send a picture anywhere, anytime, you could do whatever. In the Worcester Church, when we do a welcome, we always tell people, and again, I don't know all what it means, check in on Facebook and, you, you know, let people know where you are. It's a, way to let, it's a way to reach out. It's a way to let people know, hey, I'm, I'm going to a great church. You should come on out. And so, it, which brings up the, 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 the thought for me today of just, you know, in today's society, we know about what's going on all over the world in an instant. Mm-hmm. Right now I could post this picture and, oh, people from my, my family on the West Coast to people in Albania to, that we know, whoever would be looking at a Facebook page would go, oh, the Caswells are in Burlington. Mm-hmm. We are so uh, just tied in in real time mm-hmm. nowadays, yeah. aren't we? Right. Right. It, you know, live streaming, TV, internet, radio, uh, it, 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 it's feeding us, it's showing us firsthand, you know, what's going on, not just in Burlington, mm-hmm. but all over the world. Mm-hmm. What's making news right now in the world? You could hop on your phone, you could hop on your computer, you could turn on the TV, and you'd know what's going on in New Delhi right now. Right. Or what's going on wherever right now. We're, we're so instantaneous news coming at us on our screens all the time. And, you know, just, uh, I was thinking, doing some research a little bit, came across this. Did you see here this? Two people died every day on average from mass shootings in the first hundred days of 2023 here in America. And that five people were injured every day at the same mass shootings. And we don't hear about it a week or two later. We hear about it as it's going on. And we get the live camera footage from the police as to what's going on and how they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. It, it's right there in front of us. Uh, you know, homeless, homelessness. Mm-hmm. And we see it all around us all the time. And we hear about it. We hear about 
earthquakes and tsunamis and uprisings and bloodshed and, and, and child trafficking and drugs and missing persons and murders and Hollywood scandals and you name it. You know, we, it's, it's all around us. Those are just some from recent that, that, are, that have gone on. And again, the point being, we, we are faced with all of this news. We're inundated with all of this news all the time. And so the question is, how do you handle all that information coming at you every single day? You wake up, you turn your phone on. You wake up, you turn the radio on, the TV on, whatever it may be. And you're going to be inundated with this new, all these needs, all these tragedies, all these disasters, all the evil that man can do towards mm. mankind. Yeah. Mm. What do you do with all that? Some people just sort of turn it off. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's enough. It's just bad news again today anyway. Turn it off. Move on. Some people can do that. Others of us, it breaks our hearts and we can feel helpless. What do we do with all of it? How do we go about meeting all those needs that, that are going on in the world? As Christians, we can't turn a blind eye. We can't go, well, mm. I, I don't know what's going on in India. Yeah. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know what's going on in the Ukraine. La, 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 don't hear you. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. We all yeah. do. Uh, we are God's ambassadors. We can't turn a blind eye or a deaf ear. Mm -hmm. We represent God mm -hmm. in a lost and broken world. So we can't ignore the, the needs around us can't pretend like they're not there, but what do we do with them? Can we fix them all? Are we even supposed to? Right. Fix them all as Christians? Well, thank God he gives us some direction in the scriptures as to how do we handle all this coming at us. And there's a phrase that I want you to remember, and if you don't remember anything else today, if you think, I don't remember even who it was that spoke, hopefully you remember this phrase. Andy Stanley wrote this. And it's always stuck with me. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Say it with me. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Now, this phrase is, is contrary to something we've all heard growing up. And when you heard it back then, it, it made you mad. And you didn't understand it. You remember going up to the teacher and asking for something? And the teacher's response was, I do it for you. Exactly. If I let you do it, if I do it for you, what? I gotta let everybody do it. If I give you one, what? Yeah, exactly. What this phrase is saying, what that is, is, is saying, is what I do for one, I have to do for everyone. How many of you ever brought a snack to school or candy? Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> and what was the, and what was the what was the statement made? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have enough for everyone? Yes. Do you have enough to share with everyone? And if it's well, no, I wasn't even planning on sharing. You know? <laughs> then it's well, then you can't have that right now, right? Right. Uh, it's only you know we, we have to. If I allow you, I've got to allow everyone. If I do for you, I've got to do for everyone. That, that it's only fair kind of mentality. Uh, 
And I know, I, I don't know if you thought this, but here's what I thought when she said, or the teacher would say, no, you can't, or no, you don't, you know, whatever it is, I've got to do it for everybody. If I let you do it, I've got to do it for everyone, Tom. If I give you one, I've got to give everyone, Tom. And my thought is, no, you don't. <laughs> you're, I'm, you're, you and I are good right here. Just let me do it. Just let me have it. Just let me, you know, we're good. Nope. That's what you wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you ever think that way as well? Uh, well, it doesn't have to be for everybody. People will say that's not fair. You have to be fair. You got to treat everyone the same. Well, Newsflash: life isn't fair. Right. Uh, you don't. You don't have to be fair. Think about it. Is God fair in how He treats us? No, not at all. Psalm 103, verse 10. He does not treat us. As our sins deserve. Or repay us according to our iniquities. Mm. Mm. Amen that he doesn't treat us fairly, right? Right. God treat me fairly. Okay. Oh boy. (laughs) Lightning bolt. No. God, thank you so much that you don't treat me fairly. Your love, your grace, your mercy, your price that you paid for me to have a relationship with you it, it, it's not fair yeah. Jesus you take the punishment for me mm-hmm. none of us none of us if we were to, God would have said okay humanity get together come up with a plan of how you know I can save you mm-hmm. none of us would have thought you know how about this let's kill his son so that we could be free. Yeah, great idea. None of us would. God came up with that. And it's not fair. And amen that it's not. It's not about being fair, it's about doing the right thing. Where is it written in the universe that if you give me one, you have to give everyone one? Right. Where is that rule written? Where is the book of fairness? Instead, what if we lived under a different principle? Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Right. And as we're going to see today, we're going to look at Scripture, and as we see today, it's not only a better way to live, it's a biblical way to live. All right. And so we're going to look at, uh, you know, when we look at all the needs around us, we can feel overwhelmed, right? You can look at all these pictures Absolutely. we just saw and all the what do I do with all this? What can I do? Up here in Burlington, Vermont, how can I make an impact? What can I do about all the needs that, that come at me and hit me right in the face? Uh, I can't do for everyone. We think this. Well, I can't do all I can't meet those needs. I can't do for everyone, so I'll do for no one. Right. Right. But we can't live that way as Christians. So here's the solution for one what you wish you could do for everyone right which brings up the question who's the one Hmm. who's the one Hmm. and let me give you a hint the answer shouldn't be me (laughs) I can't take everyone to the spot so I guess I'll just take me I can't give everyone a gift so you know I guess I'll just give myself one no, so that that doesn't, uh, you know, if you come up with you, probably, you know, not the best one. Um, so if you're not the one to serve and meet the need of who, then who are we to, 
meet the need of. Open your Bibles to Matthew 25. And in Matthew 25, um, Jesus, really in the beginning of chapter 24, Jesus' disciples ask him about the end times. What are the end times going to be like? How do we know the signs of when they're going to come and what you're going to do and what's it going to be like when you return? Uh, and the second coming and, and so forth. And so what Jesus does is he spends all of chapter 24, all of chapter 25, talking about and explaining to them, trying to give them a mental picture of here's what it's going to look like. Okay. And in chapter 25, we'll pick it up in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory... And all the angels with him, uh, he will sit on his throne in the heavenly glory. Well, just stop right there and think about what you just read. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and with all of his angels with him, how many tens of thousands times tens of thousands of angels are we told are there? They're all coming. What a sight that is going to be. Yeah. And so... We go on. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom, prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or uh, and, and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for what? One. The least. One. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And so I want to, let's just notice several things here. We're going to just spend a few minutes in here in this before we wrap up today. Notice several things. The righteous were those who did simple acts of kindness to somebody in need. How many people in need? One. One. Mm-hmm. They served the one, not the multitudes. You fed thousands. No, you fed one. They fed one. They gave a drink to one. They invited one in. They clothed one. They visited one. Who's the one? It's the person in need. The one God gave you the opportunity to help that day. You know, I think reality is we probably see one of those people every single day. Where we have an opportunity to meet a need. The one may be this guy today, it may be that woman tomorrow, it may be that family the next day, maybe that single mom, maybe this student who sits next to me in class, this co-worker who I've befriended, whatever it is. Who is the one today? Because every day, I think God gives us uh, a multitude of chances and opportunities. Mm-hmm. And if you just listen to this verse in, in Galatians chapter 6, 
Let us not become weary in doing good. Mm. And we can become weary, can't we? We get all we get overwhelmed. We well, well we serve and and now there's more needs. Now there's more needs. Now there's more. Do not become weary in doing good. I think he's writing that because he knew that maybe they were getting weary. Mm-hmm. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. As we have opportunity. Again, I think God provides opportunity for us, I think on a daily basis, to meet the needs of somebody. The question is, are we looking for that? And it might just be somebody who's like, I'm going through something. I just wish I had somebody I could talk to and be open with. I, I got you. Here's my ear. Let's talk. Mm. You know, it could be somebody you know intimately. It could be somebody that you've never met before. That is the one opportunity that day. And so are you looking for them to make the most? If not, then we those opportunities pass us by to do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. And so the righteous were those who did a simple act of kindness to one person. Mm-hmm. As the opportunity arose, second thing that we can notice from Jesus' story here in Matthew 25, the righteous use their own resources to meet the need. Mm-hmm. Their food, their water, their homes, their clothes, their time. So, did it cost them money? Yeah, I'm sure it did. But I think it cost them so much more than just money. And I bring it up because sometimes I think giving money only mm. is sort of the easy way out. Mm. Is there? Can I just like write a check or something like that? There you go. Hey, I'm done. I've done my deed. I've done, I met the need. Yeah. Now, I do think in some cases that is the best way. Yep. Right. Uh, special <coughs> missions. You're sp- taking special missions coming up sometime. That's, that's a great way to meet the needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Peter shared, we work with a lot of the churches in Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. especially with the church in Albania. We have a special connection and have been there many times over the years and lived there for a month last year helping the church. Uh, in two weeks, I'm going to Moldova um, <laughs> to work with the Revive team and, mm-hmm. and meet with the church there. Uh and so in that case, yeah, I don't think we're all going to hop on a plane and go to Moldova. If so, if I would love to. Come on with me. But, but it, I think so sometimes I think giving like a special mission, yes, that's a great way to meet a need. Because I'm not going to Moldova anytime soon kind of thing. But what about locally? Sometimes writing a check just isn't enough. Writing a check just uh, is sort of the easy way out. I think doing for the one locally may require your own possessions, your own resources. And here's the most valuable thing you own, your own time. I think time is more valuable than money in many of our lives, right? Yeah. And let's be honest, using our time is more costly than our money. 
sure. It costs us self-denial, costs us energy, costs us, uh, again, our time. Uh, it also costs us inconvenience. Mm. Mm-hmm. As we have opportunity, let's do good to all. You know what? Opportunity do- does not equal convenience mm-hmm. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I want to have Sydney come up and just share a, a, a story real quickly about uh, a couple in the Worcester Church. Because it's an it's amazing mm-hmm. miracle story. Mm-hmm. Amen. Real quickly with the words he said. I'm going to do my best. To, you know, sometimes <laughs> you have stories that have twists and turns to them that, you know, hopefully I can paint the picture for you. But, um, sometimes the one, I feel like, is a family member that God is calling mm-hmm. us to have opportunity to reach out to in a different way. And so I'm going to share about Uncle Richard. Um, Paula and Jerry Brady know if any of you they've been in the Worcester church for many many years and um they would say you know when the earth cooled they were there but um amazing couple and just like three four years ago they decided to retire early the pope says like having this extra time to be able to be you know volunteer staff members or, you know just they just had dreams for the kingdom you know what can we do with our time once we retire and they didn't really plan on it, but it just so happened that, like, right at that time, family members needed help. His mom really needed help uh, being taken care of and getting moved into facilities, things like that. Her mom really needed help and just health going down. It seemed like every family member needed Paula and Jerry to take care of them or, you know, be the ones who really loved them and took care of them. And as it happens... Um, uh, in the last few months, uh, Jerry's uncle, Richard, estranged from the family, completely distanced himself through the years from the family. Uh, his wife passed away, and his wife was his caretaker. So he was in rough physical shape, you know, health-wise. Um, no kids. You know, wife passes away, and really has nobody to help him. And somehow... Jerry and Paula get a phone call. Would you help your uncle? Would you, you know, get involved? Would you be health proxy? And Paula and Jerry, you know, already have this much going on with family, but they're like, as disciples of Jesus, okay, who else does he have in his life? You know, so we will we'll do that for him. And get involved with this uncle who really haven't had much time with in many, many years. So... Um, but uh, again, because they're disciples of Jesus, they're like, we will help Uncle Richard. Well, Uncle Richard, you know, needs um, help cleaning out his house, selling his house, getting into a facility himself that he can live in, you know, like full care. And so Paul and Jerry take on all of this to help Uncle Richard. Um, and get him set in a health facility and you know, his demeanor is one of a kind of like ungrateful, complaining person. And so it, that makes it a little extra hard when you're trying to help and love someone, right? Like, loving you for Jesus and hope you're grateful for this. Um, but, uh, you know, it's Paula and Jerry are just those kind of people like, okay, we'll come, we'll love you, we're going to pray with you, we're going to try to share with you about Jesus, you know. Um, and did their best to really serve him when no, he has nobody else around him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think God just worked. The, he felt 
their love, even though it's very undeserved mm -hmm. in some ways and unexpected. Um, and about, I don't know, it seems like about four weeks ago, he, uh, Paula went after Women's Midweek to stop by and visit him because he was starting to decline, mm -hmm. really decline. Let me pray with him and just get to visit him one more time for the day. And he is not lucid. You know, he's very out of it at this point. Because it's, you know, when you're getting close to the end, you just really can't even communicate, right? Um, she prays with him, leaves. And the next day they go to visit, and he is completely lucid. Like, he's really made a physical turn. He has conversation. He says, you know, last night... A man came into my room, and he said to me, you're not ready to go yet. You have something else to do still. Hmm. And I know, like, wow, this story is so crazy, but he clearly has a conversation with them. You're not ready to go yet. You have something else to do. And Paula and Jerry think, an angel, is this a dream? Paula's like, no, 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 that was me. I came to visit you. No, it wasn't you. It was a man who came. They were looking at the visitor logs. There was no man who came to visit late at night. Anyways, um, he tells this story to Paul and Jerry. So he can, you know, he's lucid. He's talking. He's having great conversation. Uh, he says to Jerry, you know, I hope I make it to heaven. And Jerry says, he takes the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> he says, do you want to hope? that you make it to heaven, or do you want to be sure? Mm. Mm. And he says, I want to be sure. Mm. Um, and he, you know, Jerry, of course, gets on the phone and says, what's the, you know, what's the quick version of the Bible? Because <laughs> <laughs> he is totally with it. We're having a great conversation. You know, they open the Bible and spend two days studying the Bible with him. The third day, he's baptized. He's in a full service health facility where they have a Hoya lift. I mean, he cannot move. And they get him into a tub and are able to baptize him. Wow. Which is amazing. And he has two weeks of real clarity. And is so grateful. So grateful to Paul and Jerry. Feels like they're like his kids. They're like his children. He feels so grateful for the love they've you know, shown him. And to share Jesus with them. And um, he's, everybody in the facility says, he's a different man. He is grateful. He doesn't complain anymore. All he can do is talk about Paula and Jerry and God and his baptism. And, um, and you know, they've gotten to feel his love. It's a very short period of time, but they've gotten to feel this, like, love and gratitude from him. Hmm. And, you know, Paula, she confessed. She said, at one point, we were thinking, like, why, God? Like, Resenting God, like, why is this? We have this opportunity. We don't want to do it. You know, we are overwhelmed already with our other family members we're taking care of. But, um, but they did. They did it in that moment with the opportunity. And to see the end of the story is amazing. And he actually passed away this morning at 6.30. Mm. Wow. And, you know, Jerry called me because he knew we were going to tell the story. And it's incredible. I said, Jerry, the amazing thing is, too, that he was not going to be missed. And now 
you guys are crying. You are missing him. Mm-hmm. And everybody mm-hmm. should have that opportunity, right? To be missed mm-hmm. and to be loved when they pass away. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it is incredible to see how God used them in this very short time period on a family member they didn't even really have a relationship with six months ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just shows me, like, there's opportunity. Sometimes we think it's going to be over here, and God's like, no, 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 over here. You know, we just have to be willing to step up in the moment and, and trust God. So, that is a miracle story. Uh, and the cool thing is, the nurse on that floor yeah. is a disciple. Right. And she was not working uh, that weekend that he was lucid and, you know, hey, he wants to get baptized and we need to do it now. She yeah. came in, did the hoist thing, got them all hooked oh, up, yeah. did the whole thing. She made it. And the next week, uh, she meets with the whole board. Tell us about what happened this weekend. <laughs> and she said, well, here's an opportunity. And she got to share her whole faith with all the, the yeah. staff of mm-hmm. this facility. And why she did what she did and everything else. So, opportunities build other opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, it's an amazing story. Let's keep reading real quickly in verse 42, 41 of Matthew 25. Then he said to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. Mm-hmm. I needed clothes. You did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Mm-hmm. And then they will go into eternal punishment. Uh, but the righteous to eternal life. These people who didn't make it into heaven, according to Jesus' story here, uh, they don't make the unrighteous one. They don't. They don't. They're not neglected heaven because of they're so evil. It doesn't say because you were murderers and you were rapists mm. and, and you were this and you you robbed banks and you know. No, you didn't take the opportunity mm. or opportunities that were placed in front of you. How many would say, I want you to take quick inventory of self. Think about yourself for a second. How many would you think, God, boy, God has really blessed me. Mm -hmm. I do. You think you're really blessed by God. Yeah, I think God has blessed all of us and God blesses us. Why? So that we can be a blessing to others. Mm -hmm. and, And help others. So that we can share in these blessings that God uh, has given us. And I think if you are a disciple here today, then God has given you something that everybody out there needs. The good news. The gospel message. The ability to help an Uncle Richard get saved. You all have that. You don't have to be a Greek scholar to help someone become a Christian. No. You don't even have to have, you know, I don't even know. Let me look where Matthew is. Let me find it. You can help someone become a Christian. Uh, my dad, a year ago, my dad calls me. He lives out in, he lives in a assisted living facility on the West Coast of Portland, Oregon. He calls me up 
uh, January of last year. Tom, there's a woman here in my building named Oli. Oli's 98. But she doesn't really know anything about Jesus or the Bible, and she wants to learn. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking to her, and he goes, I don't know what to show somebody, but doesn't your church do that kind of thing a lot? <laughs> Would you study the Bible with Oli? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, okay. Are you thinking like a Zoom time? What are you thinking? He's like, you didn't even have a computer. <laughs> or a smartphone. So he's like, um, we were thinking we would just call you and put it on speaker. <laughs> okay. I said, we'll do that. But Dad, here's one thing. I want you to sit there too with yeah. her. <laughs> Look for the opportunities. Yep. Right. I want you to sit there with her to help her. I said, you know, to help her navigate the Bible. When I say turn to Matthew, Dad, you sort of know where you know you know where the books are. <laughs> okay. And so sure enough, <clears throat> Sydney and I get on the phone. Once a week, was it once a week? With, with Oli and Dad. On Wednesdays. Yeah. At least once a week. Mm-hmm. January, February, and into March. Studying the Bible, helping her just, who is Jesus? What's the Bible? How, you know, all of this. And I get a phone call from my dad beginning of March. And uh, so just about a year ago now. And I get a phone call from him. He's like, you know, Oli and I have been talking. And when you and Sydney come out for the family reunion in August, we want you to baptize both of us. <laughs> and I was just like, say that again? <laughs> we want you to baptize both of us. Now, my first thought is, okay, he's 89, she's 98. Wow. We're not waiting until August. <laughs> <laughs> not until it to them. Yeah. Okay, uh, I said, Dad, if you guys are serious about this, We'll fly out next week. We'll fly out tomorrow, whatever you want, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and right. baptize you guys. We flew out a couple days later, met with them in the afternoon, just sort of went over everything we've been looking at, January and February, March, over the phone. This is the first time we met Oli in person, and yeah. oh, that's what you look like. Uh, and then we were able to baptize both of them. Amen. So cool. I baptized my dad. Mm. And then he turned around and he said, baptized only. I gave up on that dream years ago. Mm-hmm. Thinking, you're going to baptize your dad? No. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Any family member? No. Giving up on that dream. Here's the wild thing about opportunities is that even we may give up on dreams. We may give up on, like, no, that's never going to happen. God's like, I'm at work to this very day. Orchestrating opportunities. Hmm. And it wasn't until a phone call from him a year ago, hey, would you study the Bible with Oli, that God said, here's your opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I I guess I share that. Boy, don't give up. Don't think, well, don't write this one off. Right. Mm-hmm. They're too old. They're too this. They're too that. No. No. As long as God's involved, yeah. there's still an opportunity yeah. Yeah. for mm-hmm. all of the people that we may have. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that dream's long gone. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and just this past, I don't know, two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, whatever it is, uh, I called my dad and I said, Dad, you know what today is? And before I could get it out, he goes, it's our 
my one year anniversary of being a disciple. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And cool thing, you know who took that picture? One of my brothers who live in Portland. I said, you got to come over. I want you to film this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe another opportunity. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but I think we are, we have so much that God has given us. Yes. And the way we can be rich towards God is by giving it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doing for one mm-hmm. what you wish you could do for everyone. Wouldn't you love to see so much of Burlington come to Christ? Mm-hmm. Okay, how are we, how are we going to reach these masses? Mm-hmm. Do one. Mm-hmm. Can you do one this year? Can you do one this year? Just one. Mm-hmm. Can you do one this year? Just one. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to happen. Yeah. Amen. One person, one soul, mm-hmm. no matter what their age. At a time. You know, I'll just wrap it up with this. Uh, The people were surprised by the significance of their actions. Mm. Verse, again, 37. The righteous will answer, when did we see you hungry and thirsty? When did we see you a stranger? When did we see you sick? It's just, they were surprised. When did I give you a cup of water? When? It was so insignificant, I didn't even... Remember it. But for God, it's not insignificant. For God, your one act is a big deal. But I just, I just, you know, gave food to the food bank. You know, Worcester, we we serve the homeless the first Saturday of every month, and and for us, it's like okay, that's a few hours on a Saturday. You think guy just goes, eh, a few hours. Mm. No. Mm. It, it, it's, just, it's just a cup of water. It's just a, it's just mm-hmm. a gift to a, a child that wouldn't get a gift on Christmas. It's just whatever it is. Something that we, you and I would go like, I, didn't even, I don't even think about it a month later. Mm. But God is saying, thank you so much. Mm. It is such a big deal. You didn't just donate food to a food bank. Mm. You fed me. You didn't just reach out and study the Bible with somebody. You introduced them to me. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you so much for doing that. You did for what? What you wish you could do for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so, who is the one? Well, again, yeah, that's. I'll just. Who's the one? Look around every day, mm-hmm. because they're out there. They're sitting in this room. They're sitting out there right now. Who's the one? God, I don't know who the one is. I don't know if it's going to be through a phone call. I don't know if it's going to be through meeting them. I don't know if it's a a family member. Whatever it is, God, who's the one today? Mm -hmm. Show me. Mm -hmm. Make it obvious. And then, if I can, I'll do my best to meet the need of that one. Yeah. Because I wish I could do it for everybody. So, with that said, uh, let's do this. Join hands together, if you would. Grab a hand of somebody near you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning.
And I know we're going to sing, I think, one more song uh, to close out. But, Father, thank you for just your t- the time we get to be with you and your word. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the time that we get to be with one another, the hands that we hold right now. Father, thank you for this opportunity to draw closer to you. Father, I pray just to be a little bit more like your son mm-hmm. leaving here than when we walked in. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.